Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Ian, from Clubhouse Chatter. I'm here with Jack, otherwise known as MLB Nerds. You can go check him out on Instagram if you want to. But we're going to be basically going over what has happened since our last podcast, like we normally do. But all of a sudden, let's just get into it, I guess. All right, Tommy Connell. Signed a two-year, $4.75 million contract with the Dodgers. I'm going to say that's a pretty good thing for the Dodgers because they have needed a bit more pitching recently, like in the bullpen section. Um, what's your take, Jack? Oh, man. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. And uh, secondly, you know, I'm a big Yankees fan, and Canely was such a big part of the bullpen, and I'm very sad to see him go. Uh, so the Dodgers is such a great signing for them. Uh, Canely, when healthy, is arguably a top 10 relief pitcher. Um, in 2017, which is definitely his best year, he had a 2.25 skilled interactive ERA, other no- otherwise known as Sierra, and a 57 expected FIP minus, meaning he was um, he was about uh, 43% above average according to expected FIP. In 2019, he was also very good with a 2.79 Sierra and a 59 expected fit minus. So the Dodgers are getting an incredible relief pitcher here. You know, their bullpen's are already pretty solid. They have Victor Gonzalez. Uh, Kenley Jansen is okay. He's definitely not the pitcher he used to be. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to note that Kenley is going to miss the majority of the 2020 season, 2021 season, excuse me, with uh, Tommy John surgery. But uh, when he comes back, I fully expect him to be an incredibly uh, key contributor for the Dodgers bullpen. Yeah. Um, another thing of news, this was a pretty sad news thing. Phil Necro has died. He was known as pretty much the creator of the knuckleball in the majors. It's pretty sad to see him go. The Hall of Famer was an amazing knuckleball pitcher. Anything you want to add about that one? Yeah, 100%. He uh, revolutionized, uh, frankly, the knuckleball and... Uh... I don't really know how much there is to say about it. You know, it's really sad to see him go, obviously. Rest in peace. Uh, Phil Necro, otherwise known as Nuxy. Uh, so rest in peace to Phil. Revolutionize the knuckleball. This one does hurt me a bit because I am a Rays fan, as you all might know. Blake Snell was traded to the Padres for Luis Patino, Blake Hunt, Cole Wilcox, and Francisco Mejia. Blake Snell, obviously one of the best pitchers in the MLB. Non-biased, I will say. <laughs> and then, I honestly have no idea who Luis Patino, Blake Hunt, and Cole Wilcox are. I do know a bit about Francisco Mejia, but I guess we're getting four prospects, but I don't think that's enough to make me convinced that it's a good deal for us. Because we're giving away Blake Snell. Your take? And I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. You know, I made an article, I wrote an article, uh, and I made a post about the Blake Snell trade, actually. And I actually think the Rays won the deal. And you don't, you, obviously, you said you don't know too much about his prospects. And I'll fill you in a bit. Luis Patino, I'm incredibly high on him. He projects to be Luis Severino, but potentially even better. Uh, his fastball grade is pretty much maxed out. His future value is 60. He straight up throws, throw, can consistently throw 98 to 100. Uh, his only knock is his control, but I'm really scared to see what happens when he's with the race pitching staff and analytical oh, yeah. 
the analytics department and how they can, you know, make him even better. And as a Yankees fan, that scares me, but it's also nice, you know, in the short term to see Snell go to the Padres. Obviously, now I can root for him. I was always a big Snell guy. Hard to root for him when he was on the Rays. Yeah. Uh, it'll make the Yankees division title uh, push significantly easier uh, next season. Mm. But uh, I just say I think the Rays in the long term won this deal. Uh, obviously, short term, the Padres benefit more. But I think if you let those guys, Blake Hunt could be very solid. Uh, Luis Patino, I, I'm incredibly high on him. Mejia, if anybody's going to you know, fix him, it's going to be the Rays. And uh, I think we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm very happy uh, to see Snell out of the division. But uh, I think the Rays fans should also be happy with the haul they got back. Yeah, I'm just going to say this. The Yankees' title run won't be that easy still. Because, yes, you may make it to the title. But then you have to go to either the Padres or the Dodgers. Well, I, I think the Yankees are definitely a better team than the Padres at this point. Uh, even though the okay, Padres really how, improved. How? The, the Padres, yeah. Okay. The Padres now have Fernando Tatis. They have Manny Machado. Eric Cosmer. Pretty much the same exact team as last year. A new guy from Japan who we'll get into later. You Darvish and Blake Snell now. How can you say that's not a better team than the Yankees? Well, put it this way. The Yankees rotation was top five in skilled interactive ERA last season. Uh, and that was missing James Paxton. That was with Masahiro Tanaka having a down season. So their rotation is going to be really solid. And people sort of yes, sleep on the rotation. A question. It's really not a revenue. big question. I, it's really not because – uh, you know, you're getting Herman back. I, I don't know how great he's going to be. Big Jordan Montgomery guy. He's really solid. Obviously, Garrett hey, Cole, top two pitcher. pitching on this one. It's a big question of whether or not Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stan and that whole team that's not pitchers can stay healthy. Health, health is a big thing. Your problem every year. Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stan end up getting hurt for about five weeks of the season, at least every year. Well, okay, put it this way. Judge in 2018 got hit in the wrist with a uh, got hit in the wrist with a fastball. His major injury that season was that, and you know, he obviously can't control that. 2019, 2020, totally fair. At the end of the day, Judge missed the majority of 2020. Actually, no, not the majority. Actually, I'd say the majority. He missed about six percent of the games and then in Stan 2020. Pretty much did miss 2020. Yeah, I, at the end of the day, but the Yankees I guess it goes to show you how deep their lineup is. Without Stanton, they can plug in guys, and they'll still produce. I mean, we well, also have to remember that they're going against the rest of the AL East and the NL East. The AL East, well, I don't know if it's going to be like that necessarily this season because I think the schedule is going to try to get back to normal. So, sorry yeah. that. The AL East is not back. I mean, on paper, they're, I think, second in projected F4 or first. I don't know exactly. I kind of remember. I don't, can't remember. Yankees are a better team than the Rays at this point. Yankees are a better team than the Blue Jays. Yankees are a better team than the Orioles. Yankees are a better team than the Red Sox. Um, it's just they're yeah. significantly better at this point. And it's not a knock on the Rays. They're going through, you know, they they sell high on guys, and I respect that. The Blue Jays are up and coming. They're not better than the Yankees. Uh, the Orioles, obviously not. The Red Sox are a very big sleeper team, but still the Yankees are a better team. And uh, at the end of the day, I still say the Yankees are the best team in the American League. Um how they match up against the Padres, the, their lineup, uh, if healthy, obviously it's a question mark. At the end of the day, you can't predict that. Um, you just got to hope that 
these guys can stay healthy. Their lineup, incredible, better than the Padres for sure. The rotation, Padres have the best rotation in baseball at this point. Just give yeah. them that. Pens are very similar. I give the edge to the Padres. Cy Young winner and a Cy Young runner-up to Trevor Bauer. You can't top that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I understand. I don't even know if it's necessarily the top two guys because I'd still say Scherzer and uh, me, Scherzer and Strasburg are a better top two. It's really about the Padres' rotation depth. Uh, you yeah. got McKenzie Gore, top two prospect. Uh, in all of Major League Baseball, the top pitching prospect. You got Denelson Lamette. You got, uh, obviously, Darvish Snell. We were talking about that. Clevenger's coming back in 2022. And I don't yeah. think the Padres are done yet. I also don't think the Yankees are done yet. Uh, if the Yankees bring back Lemayhew, that's cool. I'd prefer if they let him walk at the end of the day. Well, I don't think here's his... Here's your problem. What? What's the problem? Your playoff success. I mean, yes, you guys have had multiple regular season success over the past few years, but you guys need to step up in the postseason. Everybody, the only, the problem with the Yankees. You saw what happened last year. Yes, they stepped up. Giancarlo Stanton stepped up in 2020 in the postseason. But the rest of the team, they, they kind of slept through the whole series pretty much. It was, yeah. And at the end of the day, last season was a weird season. Um, So I'm not entirely sure if it's an accurate well, representation, it was but, just yeah. in 2019. They, no, they made it to the ALCS. And then the they Astros were an incredible team. To lose to the Astros. The Astros were an incredible team in 2019. Yeah, there's no, I, you can't, you can't necessarily say the Yankees, you know, are bad platformers. The Yankees are, and first of all, obviously Stan's injured. That's something you got to consider. Second of all, uh, the Yankees are just, um, they pretty much all their, I, I can't really name. At this point, I'd have to go through the numbers, of course, but at this point, off the top of my head, there's no like real playoff quote unquote choker on the Yankees at this point. Um, um, so Aroldis Chapman, he's great in the playoffs. He's given up a couple of home runs overall. He's great. all those home runs were really big two, home runs. They were two home runs. Them. If you go through the Brasso at bat, he struck him out on the third pitch, and it was a bad call. Go seriously, go through it. You'll see third yes. pitch was inside okay. corner. But, but at the end of the day, there are two big home runs. But in the grand scheme of things, he's pitched about 50 innings, and he's been lights out in those 50 innings in the playoffs. You give up those two home runs, it is what it is. It happens, you know? Also, here's the next thing. What is it with the Walters Chapman and pretty much, quote-unquote, smiling after he gives up those home runs? People compete, I, and that's their reactions. I mean, it is what it is. I, I guess you people, know. I get that people or some Yankees fans are saying that he's gritting his teeth, quote-unquote, but I don't believe that he's gritting his teeth. I don't really care about his reaction at the end of the day. Uh, I prefer him not giving up those home runs, but whatever way he's going to react, he's going to react. Hopefully, it's that, you know, stare down after he nails down a save, because uh, that's what he does after a save, obviously. I don't like Chapman. I'm never going to be a fan of Chapman. Off the field, not a fan. Uh, but, you know... Uh, you can't deny that he's been good in the playoffs at the end of the day. I'm still going to say he totally deserved to get a home run hit off of him after he threw that pitch at Brussels' head. Well, I first of all, I don't think that pitch was intentional. I don't think he tried to take his head off. I, I actually do think he did. Because Why would I he do that? Because I back at that thing so many times, and there is nothing that shows me that that isn't intentional. First of all, I just want to talk about Chapman real quick. He's a 1.93 playoff ERA. Just just going to say that real quick. Second of all, 
if you look back at the situation, if Brasso gets on, you know, the Yankees are really struggling at this point. They need a win. You put them on, and then you have to go ahead and run into the plate. I don't, I don't understand that in a situational standpoint. First of all, I maybe he tried to pitch inside. The Rays pitch inside all the time to the Yankees. It's just a fact. Every, they pitch inside to each other. That is what it is. But um, at the end of the day, uh, he, he might have just let it go accidentally. You know, I don't think he tried to intentionally hit him in the head. You know? Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm going to say also, Kevin Cash and I have been suspended for saying, I got a whole dang stable of guys that can throw 100 miles an hour. Well, I mean, him and Boone both got suspended. It is what, I, I, at the end of the day, that situation is way beyond us. Obviously, Brasso got his quote unquote revenge. So that's oh, way yeah, beyond us. So. All right. Next thing. Josh Bell trade from the Pirates to the Nationals in return for Will Crow and Eddie Yeen. Really don't know who Will Crow and Eddie Yeen are. So, I mean, I say that the Pirates definitely lost this trade because they lost the all-star caliber player in Josh Bell, and they also lost one of the – or the only remaining player from that 2015 magical Pirates team. Uh. I don't really know how Josh Bell's really an all-star caliber player. He had one good second half. Sorry, first half of the season, and he really cooled off. He was terrible last year. He's been pretty much a league average first baseman throughout his career, pretty much. And though, I mean, Eddie Yeen projects to – he throws incredibly hard. He could definitely be a good bullpen guy. Will Crow is not great. Uh, but Yeen can be good. You know, he's too young to really determine that. At this point, I'd say – uh, I'd say it was a pretty fair trade. At the end of the day, I don't think Bell provides too much value. All right. So, Rays re-signs Nino to a one-year, $3 million deal with a club option for 2022. I say, depending on how he does this year, if he plays like he did last year, I would take that club option in for 2022. But that's a good signing by the Rays, getting back their catcher, they needed their catcher because that man was one of the best blocking catchers in the league last year. Yeah, like absolutely. Like if that pitch was in the dirt, you could expect him to automatically get to it. Yeah, you know what you're getting, you know, he has power. He's not a good hitter, but he has power when he gets a hold of it. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a great fielder. He's a great framer. He's a great blocker. And I think that's a very good signing by the Rays, obviously. Yeah. Um, there are rumors that have said that the MLB will delay the start of the 2021 season because general managers want to wait until the vaccine is out. But I'm going to say that's a smart thing by the managers. I don't care what people say. It's a smart thing because it protects the players because of the fact that you won't have things like the Marlins and the Cardinals happening. Because if you have the vaccine and it actually works, they shouldn't get COVID. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's going to be a complicated situation. I would not be surprised at all if we had another 60-game season type thing, unfortunately, uh, because it's so unpredictable. Obviously, you know, uh, the vaccine's still a bit of a question mark in some areas. Yeah. It, it is shown to work, obviously, but how it's going to be distributed uh, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see when they start it. I wouldn't be surprised if they started it maybe May, maybe June, maybe early July, maybe like July 4th weekend they start it and it goes about 100 games. Uh, 
Uh, and then they do the expanded playoffs again, Universal DH, all that things, and they go back to normal in 2022. Uh, you can't really know any of that for sure at this point. Uh, it's so up in the air. And uh, all we can ask for is just baseball as soon as possible. And obviously yeah. keeping the players – player safety is the number one priority, of course. Uh, but, you know, if there's some baseball in 2021, you know, that's all I got to ask for. Yeah. I will say there was a joke that I made – at the start of the 2020 season, like right before it happened, the Marlins and Orioles will make the playoffs because they're so used to winning 60 games a season. Well, I mean, you were right about the Marlins. And I was right about the Marlins. I'm like, how in the world do you let the Marlins make the playoffs? And then beat you in the first round, Cubs. I mean, how do you do that? That's bad for the Cubs. Really it's kind of sad. Especially since it was also at home. Oh, God. All right. So, next thing. Anthony DeSlefani signed by the Giants to a one-year $6 million deal. Now, I'm going to say that's a pretty good sign by the Giants. If you looked at them last year and what one of their main struggles was, it was late-game pitching. Like, you looked at those Astros, or not Astros, athletics games, they coughed up so many home runs late game. They coughed up grand slams in consecutive games. I mean, it was sad. Yeah, it was. I think it's going to be a solid signing. I mean, he was pretty bad in 2020, Disco was. Um, but I think he can bounce back. He'll be a solid starter. Maybe they'll get the Gos- Gosman treatment. Obviously, Gosman broke out last year, got his bag this offseason in a one-year deal and a qualifying offer. So for Discofani, hopefully he can return back to being a solid four pitcher pretty much uh, for the Giants. Yeah. Maybe they'll flip him at the deadline. If he provides any value, maybe they'll extend him. You never know. All right, Michael Walker signed to a one-year, $3 million deal with the Rays. This happened before the Blake Snell trade and right after um, Charlie Morton. I'm pretty sure it was right after he didn't re-sign with the Rays. If not, then it was right after he signed with the Braves. But that was a great signing by the Rays at the time because it was going to fill in the spot for Morton. But now, it's filling in the spot for Morton and Blake Snell. So, as I said, great signing for them, even though he had a pretty bad 2020. He was okay but, in 2020, I think. He's pretty okay. Like a 399 Sierra in 2020, I'm pretty sure. He's not nothing special, obviously, but again, the Rays just make pitchers great. So, yeah, that's I wouldn't be surprised if he wins Cy Young. Him, I was saying, I wonder how good we're going to make him. <laughs> I think he'd be very solid. Whenever we sign a pitcher or get a pitcher, I'm like, how good are we going to make this guy? (laughs) Yeah. Now, I just hope that we don't waste all these guys' talent by taking them out out in the sixth inning again. Can you repeat that? I missed that last part. should be fired for that. Um. I like really I hope that we don't you. waste all their talent by taking them out in the sixth inning after only giving up one hit. So, Howie Kendrick retires. That is a big, 
big loss for the Nationals, and he had a pretty solid career. Also, he did hit that go-ahead home run in the 2019 World Series to get rid of the asterisks. We may call him that here. <laughs> but he hit that big home run that we all love. But um, what's your take on it, Jack? Oh, man. I mean, Kendrick, obviously, legend in Nationals history, hit that home run against the Astros in Game 7. Uh, they won the World Series pretty much because of Howie Kendrick. You know, he was insane in the playoffs. You know, he hit that grand slam against Joe Kelly. He was just incredible for the Nationals. The Nationals don't have Kendrick. They probably don't end up winning the World Series. So congrats to him on a very good career. He played with the Phillies, Nationals, Angels, and Dodgers. So congrats to him on a great career, like I said. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. All right. So next thing, you Darvish and Victor Caratini traded to the Padres in return for Zach Davies. Reginald Preciado, Owen Casey, Ismael Mena, and Yeeson Santana. I honestly don't know about any of those prospects except for Zach Davies. I know a tiny bit about Victor Caratini, and I, of course, know a lot about you, Darvish. But mind filling me in on the prospects? Sure. I, I did a bit of research on them for my uh, preliminary article. Um, Preciado is young. He has good hands. He's 6'4". You know, three of these guys have not played uh, professional uh, baseball yet. So it's really a big question mark with a lot of them. I feel like the Cubs are taking a big flyer here. Well, let me pull up my notes on them real quick. All right. All right. Uh, I said for uh, Owen Casey... He uh, has good raw power and a can in the outfield. Uh, he's not going to be a great fielder, but he is solid uh, feeling cumulatively because of his arm. Uh, Mena uh, is really a project. He's not going to be in uh, the majors for a projected number uh, five years. Uh, he is borderline elite speed with solid raw power, and he's probably going to be a center fielder because of that speed. Uh, for Jason Santana, he has he's seen a bit of minor league action. He was okay as a hitter, but he really doesn't project well as a hitter in general with a 25 out of 55 hit tool. He's going to be more of a fielder, uh, fielder first guy with a 45 future value, which is okay. It's not anything special. The big guy is Reginald Preciado, who, uh, like I said before, 6'4", very agile for his size. He's still growing into his body. Uh, his lack of bat speed is something incredibly fixable. So he's probably the main guy in this trade. He was the 11th overall prospect for the Padres, and he's probably going to be in the top seven for the Cubs. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, for Darvish, uh, Darvish, obviously, Cy Young candidate last year, really good second half in 2019. I think the Padres win this trade for now. I don't really see any of these guys that the Cubs got back in return being anything special for them uh, just because they're, you know, they're so big question marks at this point. Uh, Cubs just taking a flyer, eating some of the salary. It's basically a salary dump for the pod, uh, Cubs. Padres take advantage of a weak market. If I had to grade this trade, I give the Padres an A and the Cubs a B minus. All right. So next thing, in a three-team trade, the Rays get Dylan Paulson and a player to be named. The Phillies get Jose Alvarado and the Dodgers get Garrett Clevenger. I say that's a deal that works out for all of them. To be honest. 
because the Rays. Uh, I don't really know a lot about Dylan Paulson, I will say. But Rays get a prospect. Phillies get a bullpen pitcher, which they really needed for a long time in Jose Alvarado. And the Dodgers get Garrett Clevinger, another pitcher that can buff up their bullpen a bit. Yeah, uh, and yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, and for the Phillies, obviously the bigger name here uh, between Garrett Clevinger – Dylan Paulson and Alvarado is Alvarado. I'm kind of worried to see what's going to happen with Alvarado and the Phillies. I think the Phillies will really mess up Alvarado's control. It's not even great as it is. Obviously, he's got that nasty two-seamer and curveball. If he's on, he's really good. If he's not, he's really not going to be that good. But my rule is to never trade with the Rays because the Rays will most likely fleece you because they know what they're doing more than pretty much everybody. Their analytics system is just so great. So... Uh, I think the Rays probably win this trade at the end of the day, but it's solid for the Phillies because they really desperately need bullpen help. All right, so the final thing, Ha Seong Kim is signed by the Padres. Now, I don't really know a lot about Ha Seong Kim, at all, all I know is that he is from Japan and he played there for seven years. Jack, you know anything? Yeah, I did a bit of research on Kim as well. Uh, he's gonna. He was a shortstop in Japan. Excuse me, not Japan. He was a shortstop in Korea. He played in the KBO. He played there for seven seasons. He's moving over. He's gonna play second base next to Tatis. He's an above-average fielder. He was an incredible hitter last year. He's probably not gonna be that good of a hitter just right off the bat, making that adjustment to. Um, the MLB from the KBO, but we consider the KBO to be between the level of MLB and AAA, so it might not be that big of an adjustment. We'll see how it goes. You know, we had a 139 WRC plus in 2020 in a full season in the KBO. If that number is around 115 for the Potters in his rookie season, I think they'd be more than ecstatic, especially with a plus glove, plus speed, and, you know, we've got a solid power back, really. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this one. If you want to, you can go follow us on Instagram at Clubhouse Chatter. But that'll do it for this one, and we will see you all in the next one. Peace.